Should we should we should we intro the pot? <laughs> yeah, we should probably do that. Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Riley. And we're here to walk you through the 100 scariest moments of all time. Wait, I said it wrong. I, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Just <laughs> the scariest moment that's ever happened to you. <laughs> the scariest Shit. moments in human history. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Riley. And we're here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. As determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And the movie with the 69, nice, the 69 scariest movie moment of all time is Reanimator. Wow! Directed by Stuart Gordon from the year 1985. Let's go, baby. Well, I have an extremely fun fact for you to share if you don't already know. Okay. And that fun fact is that David Bowie once said that this was his favorite film. (laughs) You're fucking absolutely kidding me. He like worked with one of the sound mixers on this movie and he was like, you worked on Reanimator? That's my favorite film. (laughs) I'm like a little emotional. That's incredible. Like, I don't know if that's just something that he said, but at one point Come in time, on. he said Reanimator was his favorite movie. I'm. <laughs> and I was so excited to tell you that. I, hey, let me say for the first thing, thank you. You're welcome. Second of all, I'm counting. This is a weird Bowie occurrence. I was just talking about him today. Like, weird Bowie occurrence. So this movie is directed by Stuart Gordon, which Riley mentioned, I believe. And the screenplay was written by Dennis Paoli. William J. Norris, and indeed, uh, Stuart Gordon. And Dennis Paoli is notably one of the most prominent figures on the Bravo 100 Scariest Movie Moments yeah. uh, broadcast. He's like in like every other segment. Um, oh, and I always like to look for who composes the music because I'm a big nerd. And the, the composer uh, and the conductor is Richard Band. Come on. Mr. Band? That man was born and they said, you are going to be a conductor. I watched this movie on Tubi. I don't know how relevant that is, but it's oh, where I watched it. I watched it on Shudder. Oh, that makes sense. So then I don't know if Shudder does this, but Tubi really throws you right into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at yeah. first, I thought I was watching the wrong movie. I was like, I don't think this is what Reanimator is about. Yeah, because suddenly we're at a German university hospital. Well, and everyone's saying Hans Gruber, and I'm like, this is a different movie. I'm like, this. we're watching Die Hard. No, exactly, exactly. That's exactly what I was fucking saying. I was like, that's the Die Hard man. I was like, I, I was like, surely Die Hard is not on Shutter. Like, what went wrong? What's yeah. going on? But basically, yeah, we start in a German university hospital and a bunch of people are banging on a door and yelling, Dr. Gruber, Hair, Hair West. Hair West and, and Dr. Gruber. And there is screaming happening. A lot of screaming. And they manage to bust down the door. And who do they find? But none other than Jeffrey Combs, who uh, plays Dr. Herbert West, just sweating buckets over this man. So sweaty. Um, looking like a big old dork. And and he should. He is. And I love him. He is a dork. He's a he's like the uh prototype of a dork and he's like holding this man and the man is screaming and thrashing around um and oh my god the practicals yeah <laughs> like right away uh-huh this man turns into like just a red purple like veiny gross mess and his eyes are all fucked up and f- like fleshy somehow yeah his eyes are like pulsing and he's bleeding out of the eyes and then they just bust out of his head and he collapses to the ground very dead obviously and then um herbert west starts going off about how the dosage was too large and you're like excuse me and the nurses are saying you killed him you killed him and herbert west says no i didn't i gave him life Boom! Open credits start. Boom! They let you know right away what this movie is. Right the fuck away. Reanimator, bitch. Get used to it. (laughs) This is how it's going to be for the next 80 minutes. I know. I know every episode. I go, the credits! Oh my god. You guys? (laughs) These credits are fun. These fucking credits are amazing. It's like intense, crazy synth music. And it's like a laser light show of like skulls and eyes and like muscle diagrams and shit. No wonder David Bowie loved it. 
come on. Yeah, it's right. It's amazing. That's like what I love about, I find this particularly with like 80s movies that are under 90 minutes. Like you just go. You don't have time for bullshit. The movie just begins and takes off. And there's something like really nice about that. It's like, okay, it's happening. We're here. We're and doing it's like, it. I feel like nobody does that anymore. No. And like, I love a good meander. I love right. when movies yeah. just are happening and you're like, huh? That was, I recently, this weekend, I saw On the Count of Three, directed by Gerard Carmichael, and I cannot shut up about it. But that movie begins with two men standing across from each other, holding guns at each other's faces <gasps> and counting down. And you're like, okay. Holy shit. That's so fucking cool. First fucking thing you see. That's incredible. Wow. Like, Why don't we do that more? Yeah. That's great. <sighs> So I'm going to be dorky about the credits for one more second because we like transition through like the eye hole of one of the little like neon pictures. Mm -hmm. We like it like it like opens up like a little flap. It's like not gross. It just like it's like almost paper. And then we just like zoom on through. And then we're outside Miskatonic Med School in Massachusetts. Um, And inside the med school, we meet doctor. Are they doctors? I've been calling them all doctor. I think they are. I, I, I think, think they're, they're like um they're like uh, interns or residents or something like they're learning on the job. So or maybe he is just straight up a doctor. Well, they're well, in school. Regardless, we meet Dan Kane, who is working on a patient. And we're immediately introduced to this idea that he never gives up because it's this woman who's clearly flatlining and mm-hmm. he's just continuing compressions like way beyond when he should be um and right. one of the one of the other doctors says to him a good doctor knows when to stop and i had a feeling that was gonna be an important through yeah. line of the film i immediately wrote kane can't accept death like it you know hmm. <laughs> in this movie called reanimator whatever could you mean say it ain't so um, but this woman does indeed die and is pronounced dead. And Kane has to uh, transport her body to the morgue where we meet our morgue attendant buddy whose name I do not know. I have another extremely fun fact about the woman who played the dead body. And this yeah. just comes from IMDb. So take it with a grain of salt. But according to the Internet Movie Database, this woman was a, and I quote, dildo enthusiast. And she would hide dildos around the morgue set. <laughs> just surprise people with dildos on set (laughs) that better be fucking true and i need that to be true because she is my hero that's so funny oh my god i'm obsessed with her and i had to share so the morgue attendant is making like polite conversation with kane but the main thing i wrote is that as he's going to the morgue he's like listen nobody wants in there and ain't nobody getting out Mm-hmm. Um, very Charlie and the Chocolate Factory of him. Yeah. Uh, very Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Willy Wonka and oh, the God. Charlie Factory. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that I noticed about this morgue is that it's exceedingly full. There's yes. just bodies out in the open, not yeah, yeah. in little doors or drawers or whatever you call them. Like, yeah. there's just bodies on gurneys laying around. It's packed to the gills. He goes, oh, full house. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, they're performing, a like, an, a, like, a big old autopsy in, like, the morgue, kind of. There's, it's like yes, the morgue, and then there's, like, a little smaller morgue room. I don't know. And this is when Dan gets introduced to his boyfriend, Herbert West, who's coming to this school to continue his studies because his last professor died if you recall (laughs) very violently (laughs) very much so uh and interestingly enough uh one of the doctors who introduces dan to herbert west is dr carl hill who is performing like a little q-tip brain swizzle thing it's very red and very odd to me yep but they're they're talking about herbert and Herbert is like, oh, well, I studied under Hans Gruber. And Carl Hill is like, fuck that. Like, there's there's some discord. Yeah. And Herbert immediately insults Dr. Hill. Yes. He's basically like, your brain death practices are outdated and you're smelly and stupid and I hate you. No, literally. I said, Herbert's out here making tons of friends. (laughs) Yeah. And he's also worth mentioning. He's also just very... He's like an odd guy. He's very yeah. uptight and formal seeming. Yes, he's so formal. I love him. And he just seems to like not care about normal societal niceties, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's very like kind of a one track thing. Like he's here to learn about the brain. He's right. not trying to make nice with anybody. Like he's right. He's talking about it. You know, like he's not like, like he's not being polite. He's like, your shit's really outdated. Like you need to learn from Hans Gruber, actually. He is not here to make friends. He's, he's not. here to reanimate. This is not Reanimator's best friends race. <laughs> but Carl Hill like does not respond very elegantly to that. Oh, no. He's like very 
gruff and rude and i was like so this man's not long for this world is he and the answer to that is not the answer to that is it's complicated yeah so dan is in the hallway hanging up um one of those like posters that you can pull tabs off of because he's looking for a roommate to occupy a a room dare i say in his home (laughs) and that's when his girlfriend barbara crampton comes around the corner and I just screamed. I'm always so happy to see her. I love that lady. She's great. I really like her. Um, she is so wonderful. And they have like a very cute little like flirtatious moment that like includes a very clever transition that maybe we didn't need. <laughs> right. But they're fucking now. Yeah. It's because like he like grabs her and he's like kissing her. She's like, no, <laughs> no, no. And then immediately she's like screaming. Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, they're having sex. I chuckled. It's funny. Like, it is funny. But I was like, hey, I'm watching this with my roommate. (laughs) I'm a little repressed. Don't ask me to confront these things right now. But I chuckled even harder when I saw that Kane has a giant stop making sense poster above his bed. Like, it's as big as the wall. It's fucking huge. huge. I was so excited to see that. Yeah, I freaked out. Because longtime listeners of the pod will know that Tara and I love talking heads. Yes, we really do. We're obsessed. Also, um, I don't want to spoil it, but like talking heads, that's why that's up. When there. I figured that when I made that, because I think I was writing down in my notes and I was like, I wrote down like a talking head and I was like, talking head, Yay! talking heads. And my yeah. I was so excited. It was like the smartest thing I'd ever seen. Stop making sense. More like start making sense. That was, I read on the commentary track for this movie that like the actors and the director did, uh-huh. uh, Bruce Abbott, who plays Dan, Mm-hmm. didn't know about the poster behind him he said uh. i was a little distracted <laughs> god bless him he was the only That's one who so didn't funny. catch the joke because he was like too mystified by barbara crampton so true fair fair we also learn through this scene that meg is dean halsey's daughter so she's the daughter of the dean of the school so they're kind of dating in secret secret so that dan doesn't get I don't know, in trouble or bad grades for dating the Dean's daughter. Right. And I was, so, and also we learned that he's like a real Puritan. Like yeah. part of the reason they're dating in secret is because it might look bad, but also like he would freak out. Right. But also they're already engaged. Oh yeah. They're like pre-engaged. Like he has a ring he's going to give her. And once he graduates, they're going to be engaged. Yeah. Essentially. Cause he's, cause she's like, Oh, like if you just like do good and make your grades, like I'm going to marry you. And yeah. it's very cute. So for all intents and purposes, they are affianced. So Meg kind of like runs off flirtily and Dan like wraps himself up in the sheet and chases after her. Um, well, he isn't really, he just kind of runs out of the bed, kind of holding the sheet. Right. And then there's a little knock, knock on the door. Guess who it is? Herbert West. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking like a vampire straight up. Yes, because I, I think Meg answers the door and then... Um, yeah, she like opens the door to leave and he's just standing oh, there. right. That's fucking right. There's no knock knock. He's just looming like a maniac. That's what I was like. I get he's being a wacko, but I just can't be scared of him because that's Jeffrey Combs. That's and my he's buddy. he's so charming. Like, yeah. The whole time, like... I, I was just so charmed by him. I was so fond of him. He's just a little guy. Yeah, he just like has some funky social cues. Like he's chill. Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> he's right about he the right. brainstem shit, you know? Well, I guess I don't know that to be fair. I don't study the brain. But according to this movie, he's right. Yes. So uh, Dan like stumbles in kind of half covered in the sheet and Herbert produces this little card that yeah. has the information and he like pulls it out of his lapels like fully sideways like uh-huh. just every little thing he does is so specific and odd and I love it yeah he's great like he's just he's so idiosyncratic it's awesome mm-hmm. so he comes in to check things out and he's like I need to see the basement and they go down there and he's like oh my <laughs> god he loves the basement he busts a nut over the basement And at this point, Meg starts to get a little hesitant. She's like, I don't know if I really want this guy living in my boyfriend's basement. He's being a little weird. Uh, But Herbert has a wad of cash, which, as we know, will get you so far. Herbert's wad. Herbert's Herbert's wad. wad. (laughs) Yeah, because she's sort of like, well, I don't know. And he's like, you won't know I'm here. Only on the first of the month. Boop. Yeah, that's a great line. It's so good. Like everything he says is genius. 
like so many times and like you're I'm not going to be surprised. I would stop and just write down exactly what he says. His lines are great. Like he just has a he has a way with words. I don't know how to tell you that. So Dan lets him move in. Also cuz he's kind of cute and their boyfriends fight me. Yeah, I I'm not taking criticism <laughs> their boyfriends. Sorry. Sorry like, about it. Maybe they're in a little polythruple with Meg, but I really just think their boyfriends and Meg's allowed to be there cuz she's nice. Yeah. Oh, also worth noting, they have a cat named Rufus who jumps directly on to Dan's back, like right after he and Meg get done banging it out, which is hilarious. Which I thought was weird, but actually comes up as relevant in a little bit. So this movie is like smarter than it has any business being. Yeah. Like it could just very well be like B-movie schlock, but there's a lot of little things. I'm like, this is a really smart movie making thing to do it is and it's also just like a really good horror comedy like yeah yes the horror and the comedy are really well balanced because i was gonna say is this a horror comedy because it's bad and people like it because it's bad and like it's funny for that reason but like no it's actually just a horror comedy it just balances both elements pretty well which speaking of the very next scene they're in class with dr hill where he's performing an autopsy and just scalping this body and it's foul it's horrendous and he's talking about it in detail and he's like and you just peel back the head skin i had literally just finished eating my breakfast like i had the last bite of my breakfast and then it cut to this seat and i was like oh thank god because i would have ralphed yeah it's horrendous he goes very much like peeling a large orange i was like cool i want to die and then he's like and then you'll take the bone saw and he takes off part of the skull no my notes just say bone saw literally it's like, oh, that's a bone saw. And I, uh, because that's such like a, that's such a horror thing is like the bone yeah. saw. Um, and he takes it and he removes part of the skull. Um, and oh my God. Huh. It's so nasty. This movie is so gory. It is. But also I was sitting there and I was like, huh, remember when they did this to an alive man on Hannibal? And in case you didn't know, they bone saw an alive man on Hannibal. They did surgery on a grape. So then as part of his lesson, Dr. Hill mentions that six to 12 minutes from death is when brain death occurs and herbert freaks out about this and he just starts snapping pencils like multiple pencils right at least twice because <laughs> he takes one and he snaps it and then like dr hill makes eye contact with him and he like draws another pencil out and like readies it in his little <laughs> hand i wrote oh my god gay little pencil snap he's just being such a dick and dr hill gets so pissed about this that he cancels class yeah he's like you snap two pencils uh, class is over <laughs> he literally and once class is announced to be over herbert's not fucking done he gets up and he goes how can you teach such drivel uh to which i responded <laughs> Me at redacted. Do you remember when I yelled at a college professor? <laughs> freshman year, and I was right. Uh, freshman year, probably like a month, two months into school, maybe three, I raised my voice at a professor because uh, he was being <laughs> a fucking maniac. But uh, immediately he was like, how can you teach such... Tr-? Especially because it's like the, the pencil snapping first because I was stewing a little bit before I was like, hey, you can't fucking talk like that. Anyway, it was just... I was like, oh my God, me... <laughs> But also, interestingly, right before the lecture ends, like as Herbert's getting angry and snapping pencils, he'll almost like takes a dig at him. I feel like I don't know if people know about his reanimation research. I don't think they do. I don't think so. But he's saying he's like, well, there's no way because he's talking about brain death. And he's like, it would be, you know, everyone's dream to like, like crystallize and save your personality for the afterlife. He said maintain, Mm -hmm. not crystallize. But like, in fact, there's no way to do it. It would take an obsessive desire. And I was like, yes, it will. (laughs) Yes, it will. And we've got that one obsessive fool right here. And he's snapping pencils and taking names. (laughs) He's snapping pencils. That was just so funny to me. No, it's incredible. It's an incredible Uh, detail. The more I talk about this movie, the more I love it. Right? It's like such a weird little persnickety thing to do. I'm like, huh? Like he's like, I, I'm so angry about this lecture. I'm snapping pencils to deal with it, but like on purpose. The way he like takes yeah. out the next one and looks him right in the eyes. Like, like he had a doing? sack full of pencils ready to be snapped. Like he anticipated his rage would be so great, he would need to break <laughs> pencils in half. It's fucking out of control. So Doctor Hill is still kind of stewing from these events uh, when we see him in the next scene at a uh, a little fancy dinner with Dean Halsey and Meg. And uh, Dean Halsey's talking about like this grant uh, that Hill got for neurosurgery because he has like this laser uh, drill 
mm-hmm. that um, he's using to like perform lobotomies, I think. Yeah. And or otherwise study the brain. I don't know if that's like a spoiler, but he's going to perform lobotomies. With he it. sure will. But he like doesn't look happy, you know? He's being so weird. He's being so weird. Oh my God. He is being such a freak. Meg. Meg has also prepared this whole dinner. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. She's prepared this dinner. She ate a little bit of it. She's like, I actually got to go. I have a study date with Dan Kane. And Dr. Hill gets so weird. He's like, oh, he's that fellow who lives with Herbert West, right? So he gets sent off on that spiral. So immediately, there's a couple things wrong with Dan Kane in uh, Carl Hill's eyes. I've been calling everyone by their first and last name. Hey, it's fun. It's that kind of movie. But so like, strike one is that he lives with Herbert West. Strike two is that she's like going on a study date with this guy. And Dr. Hill's like, I don't want you getting involved with him. And I was like, what's his issue with with Who Kane? are you to her? Like, you're not her exactly. dad. Literally. Um, but what we will find out is that he is her obsessive stalker because before he le- before she leaves, uh huh, before she leaves, he proposes a toast, and he's like, while Dan is there, yes, that's right, Dan gets there and like comes into the room and like says hello, and he's like, before she leaves, let me propose a toast, and he raises his glass and he says to Megan, the obsession of all who fall under her spell. What? Ugh. Jail, electric chair. Oh my God. Not that like women can't stand up for themselves and like Meg could have said something for herself, but someone should have fucking said something. Her dad and her boyfriend were there and nobody said shit. It's insane. Like someone should have said something. That no, was like, so absolutely. weird. And like women can stand up for themselves, but sometimes when men say creepy, disgusting it's things about you. Yeah. And so her boyfriend or her dad should have said something. Yeah, literally, like, oh, my God, especially her dad. That's your buddy. Because, like, Dan, I get they're trying to be just friends. They're trying to be secret, secret. But her dad should be like, oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, that's my fucking daughter, dude. Get a job. Stay away from her. Literally. I think I said that at some point. (laughs) I think I wrote that in my notes, too. So having escaped that extremely uncomfortable dinner, um, Dan and Meg return to his house. And they're like... Kind, well, she's like kind of trying to actually study, I feel like. And Dan's right. like, no, we should kiss. But then she's like, wait, <laughs> where's the cat? Literally, she's like, the cat is usually all over you, which we saw demonstrate when they were having sex right. and the cat jumped on his back. Like, that's an affectionate fucking cat. And she's like, I haven't seen him since I've been here. Where is the cat? I think your new roommate's weird. And I'm worried he did something to the cat. And she's right to worry. She sure is um, because they're walking all over around the apartment or the house, in fact, calling for him, saying just like every single cat that she's, she's saying so much. There's so much. It's so funny. Um, And they're like screaming here, kitty and where's Rufus and all this stuff. And then I know it's the 1980s and like people sometimes talk different and whatever, but um, Dan says the funniest thing. He goes, come on now, you mad animal. (laughs) Yeah, but they're all looking around and Meg decides to go down the hall towards Herbert's room, at which point I started writing and chanting zombie cat, zombie cat, zombie cat. And I'm not not right, but I'm also not right (laughs) because Meg opens the door to uh, Herbert's room and if I may... Please. The cat's in the fridge and the silver spoon. (laughs) So true. Yeah, the cat's in the fridge and the cat is dead. Yeah. Also, for a trigger warning, if you're watching this movie, I did read on the IMDb that that is a real dead cat. Holy shit. So if that's something you don't, just when it's in the fridge, if that's something you don't want to see, fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot happens other than the fact that Meg is very, very upset. And I think, I think Herbert like catches her finding him. He does. And she's so distressed and upset. And she's like, you killed him. You killed him. And he only refers to the cat as it, which I found so interesting. I noticed that too, because Megan and Dan are both distraught about this cat. They're both very visibly upset about the cat being dead. And Herbert's like, I found it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, why wouldn't you call us? Like, why wouldn't you leave a note? And he goes, what am I supposed to write on a note? Cat dead details later. My favorite line of the movie. That's just so funny. Dead dove do not eat. Dead dove do not eat. Thank you. 
Uh, But another thing that gets found in Herbert's fridge is this neon green liquid in these tubes, which I also read that it was a glow stick liquid is what (gasps) it was. That fucks. That's so cool. Um, And Dan's like, well, what the hell is this? And Herbert says, that's none of your business. Just like you dating the Dean's daughter is none of my business. Ah! Effectively being like, shut the fuck up about my flubber or else I'm going to blow the lid on your relationship. (laughs) So basically, Herbert is like, don't blow up my spot and I won't blow up your spot. Yeah. And then it's like later that night. Well, but then... He proceeds to immediately blow up his own spot on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I'm like, so why did you threaten him if you were about to tell him anyway? Doesn't Dan blow up his sh- his spot? Well, he blows up his spot on... But then I- Herbert's <laughs> like, this is why Like, I reanimated your cat so I could show you that this works. And I'm like, so you were about to tell him. <laughs> like, he didn't just like Dan's cat and want to bring it back to life to be a good friend. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. And the way he says it died is so shady, too. He was oh, like... Because yeah. it's not clear whether or not Herbert killed this cat. It seems like maybe he totally did. It's decidedly unclear, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, he's like, the cat knocked over the trash can and then got its head stuck in a jar. And I'm like, take the jar off the cat, Herbert. <laughs> yeah, like It's very like Walter White Breaking Bad. I didn't kill Jane. I just watched her die. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's very So that. fucking true. Holy shit. Sorry, spoilers for Breaking Bad. That show came out in like 2005. It's 2022. People can't be mad. But okay, rather than leave well enough alone, Herbert's like, you know what I'm gonna do? This very night, I'm gonna reanimate the fucking cat. So um, Dan is, is walking around the apartment looking for the source of what the captions tell us is beastly shrieking. Mine said cat screeching. That makes a lot more sense um, because that's what it is. But I liked the idea of beastly shrieking. And then somehow Dan falls into the basement. (laughs) He tumbles down the stairs and I don't know why. Um, I was like, get him a life alert. But then he finds Herbert West being mauled by his zombie cat. (laughs) Just ripped to shreds. Riley, do you know something that I discovered? What? The cat is infected with rage. This cat is infected with rage. As Stephen King fans, we know what happens when you bring a cat back to life. It's never good. Uh, no. Um, this cat is going to town on Herbert. I also got, I couldn't get my references straight. I was like, the cat's infected with rage. It's Mina from the cat people. I don't think uh, her name is Mina. What was her name? Irene. I, Irene. Irena. 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 You're so right. And you guys will never know unless we record the Cat People episode again. You'll never know about Cat People. It's a good movie. You should watch it. There's also like the cat. I think I think Dan gets the cat off of Herbert. Yeah. But then we get like cat jump scared because it comes back in your face. Eventually, they're able to re-kill the cat. And Herbert's just laughing maniacally like evil doctor vibes. Yeah. But also, it's there's just something so tender about these two men like saving each other from being mauled by a cat and at one point like i don't know when but herbert just goes like look out <laughs> oh you know why yeah the way because he re-kills the cat really dramatically because it's like attacking um it's attacking dan and herbert yeah. just goes look out and like dan moves to the side and herbert like fucking crazy kills it with like an axe or something and then he really swiftly, quickly, which I appreciate it, explains his reanimation thing. He's like, I have this reagent. It brings things back to life. Okay? Okay. Literally. And then it's like, I know I killed your cat, but do you want to be my research assistant? Is basically how this conversation goes. Literally. He goes like, read, and gives his notes to uh, Dan. And then he's like, okay, let's be best friends. And Dan's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Which I love so much because if this movie was made today, there would be like a 10 minute montage explaining the reagent and how the reanimation yes. works. And it'd be like a flashback of him foraging for minerals to create this glow in the right. dark vial. And I'm like, and like killing guinea pigs. They know we don't need to know any of that bullshit. Like, just say it brings people back to life. And I'm like, okay, carry on. Yeah, like he's successfully reanimated several like dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs. He's broken the 12 minute barrier. He goes, I've conquered brain death. Yeah. Um, And then he's saying, but I have trouble with the higher animals, which like, I love like that. It's such an interesting detachment because he's so invested in like life, but not in the animals that he's like restoring life to. 
it's he's very concerned about the brain and the body, but does not give a single flying fuck about the soul. Like that doesn't yeah. matter to him at all. He's just like, can this be alive? Also, like again, like because he's like, oh, I need your help, and he's like, you need my help. You just fucking kill my cat. He's like, but you're the perfect person to help me. You're bright. You're hardworking. Everybody respects you. Basically, like you're hot and charming, <laughs> literally. And then he's like, and you have access to certain authorities. <laughs> Which, speaking of, as Herbert is re-reanimating the cat to prove to Dan that this works, suddenly Megan is here and she is screaming as this mangled cat is rising from the dead again. We also have, like, a couple of fantastic lines from Herbert, because he's like, oh, because they're fighting about, he's like, this is impossible, like, you just drugged my cat and you're fucking with me. So he's like, no, no, I got this. And he goes, like, do you agree that he's dead now? And he's like, yeah, I know it's dead now. And he's like, then watch this shit. Um, and he says something, he goes, this is why I brought the infernal beast back to life. And then as they're waiting for the reagent to kick in, they're looking at it and they're all like close up together, looking into like the distance. And he goes, don't expect it to tango. It's got a broken back. Like <laughs> what? Come on. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then the cat's like screeching as it gets re-reanimated. And Dan goes, why is it making that noise? And he goes, birth is painful. Gross. <laughs> Incredible. Disgusting. Fantastic never been done before but then suddenly meg pops up i don't know where she came from because it didn't seem like she was in bed with dan before no it seems like she left right but she's here now and she is screaming obviously because she's seeing this mangled bloody cat re-rise from the grave so despite meg's distress dan is so excited about this scientific discovery that he goes straight to dean halsey and he's like you're not gonna fucking believe this like he did it Herbert West like can reanimate dead creatures and I don't think he really even explains how he knows that he's just like right. it's true and it's amazing and you have to see it for yourself and then the dean immediately dismisses this as nonsense which is so confusing to me because wouldn't you at least want to see what he's talking yeah. about yeah like if you are a doctor scientist whatever and someone says this to you even if you don't believe it wouldn't yeah. you want to be like let me see what made you say this right exactly um, but I, I think know. more than any love of science, he's just really excited to have a reason to fuck up Dan's shit. Because Dan slips up and he's like, well, Megan saw it too. And the Dean's like, why was Megan there at night? And he's like, you get my daughter involved in this shit. Like with this maniac Herbert West. It's so, it's like the perfect storm. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not expelling you, but I'm taking away your student loan. And he's like, so yeah. I can't continue school. And he's like, yeah, good fucking luck. And Herbert is expelled. So instead of like the inevitable, again, if this movie was made today, the inevitable period of like resentment and clashing, Dan just doubles down, um, yeah. which I'm obsessed with. He's like, oh, we're getting kicked out. Fuck this. Yeah. So they take, oh, uh, it's the best. I freaked out when I realized what was happening. So we see him going to the morgue again, um, transporting another body. And we see little bare feet sticking out. And, um, you know, our uh, our good buddy, the morgue attendant, goes to, like, take a break. He's like, oh, all right, have a great time in the fucking morgue. But inside the body bag, it's Herbert. And he goes to check. The morgue attendant's like, what you got in there, huh? And he's like, it's really bad. It's like a meatball got run over by a car. And he's like, okay, that's he nasty. Goes, Ew, Goodbye. bye. <laughs> he wheels Herbert, like, the rest of the way into the morgue. And he's like, he's like, why did you have to do that? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, just put on your shoes. And like, that's boyfriend activity right there. Yeah. Which I also read on the IMDb was a fight between Jeffrey Combs and the director, Stuart Gordon. Like Jeffrey really wanted to put his socks and shoes on. And Stuart Gordon was like, it'll take too long. And he's like, no, I can do it really fast. I promise. And he puts on his socks and shoes so fucking fast. That's like so you cute. see him like so concentrated. He's moving his hands so fast to tie yeah, his yeah, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good, though, because it's, like, so in character. Oh, yeah, my God, I love that. Because, <laughs> um, again, it's, like, one of those, like, little quirks of, like, it really bothers him to not have his socks and shoes yeah. on. Like, that, it just makes sense. You can't be it's walking so around barefoot in a morgue. You need to have socks and shoes on. Yeah, he's absolutely right. So they're, like, running around, and they're looking for the right body to... They're picking um, through the bodies, basically, for the most intact one. Yeah. To inject with the reagent, because a lot of these bodies are really burnt or there are limbs missing or they're otherwise undesirable for reanimation right they may have like and they finally find a body that looks relatively unscathed and they're like well what about any internal injuries you know because then it wouldn't yeah. necessarily work but uh at some point i think dan is like all right hold on like we gotta not fuck up and get caught <laughs> and herbert goes what will they do and balm us like, it's just <laughs> 
God, everything he says is so good. And as this is happening, Dean Halsey and Megan roll up to the nurse's station looking for Dan because they figured out he's probably here. The nurse is like, oh, yeah, he went down to the morgue. And Dean's like, why? He got expelled. Well, he didn't get expelled. Like, why? He's not supposed to be here. Um, and we find out, like, the message didn't get delivered to the head of surgery because he's been in, like, this emergency four-hour yeah. surgery. And so they're still picking through the bodies, and it's, like, synth music's getting a little more intense. And they, like, keep checking the toe tags and, yeah. like, to see the causes of death. And there's one, and Herbert goes, like, malpractice. <laughs> like, he, like, sings it a little bit. And they're does. like, we're not reanimating that one. Yeah, right. But they finally find one that works. And I think they're like, they're like about to re to, to reanimate and inject the fluid. And he's like, get the tape recorder. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not going to prove anything for posterity. It could be like war of the world. You guys being like, whoa, it's just so funny. Cause it's literally him like, s- like saying all the things. And like Herbert is very calmly like, oh, time is 1033, blah, blah, blah. And Dan is like, Dan's freaking out. He's very upset. He's like, oh, cause of death was. Uh, and he's like heart failure and he's like heart failure (laughs) like he's he's really rattled understandably of course and it was at this moment that i was like this needs to be a musical and um turns out yeah (laughs) and it is and Stuart gordon said bet 10 years ago (laughs) so they inject this body with the reagent like the normal dose and it doesn't really do anything. So they go to increase the dosage, which as we know from the beginning, if you give too large of a dosage, shit can go really wrong. And shit's about to go really wrong. It really is. And like right before they inject the next like dosage, Dan is like, like, let's just get out of here. Like they're going to come looking for us. Face it. We failed. And he goes, Herbert goes, he failed. Not I like the corpse failed. Yeah. Ugh. like, I'm sorry. I'm going to just read every single line. He says, go off. Um, but they do indeed reinject the corpse with a new, a new dose. And that man's doing jazz hands, baby. He starts twitching. He bolts upright, is immediately throwing shit around the morgue. His veins are popping out of his head. It's crazy. He's like, he's like a bodybuilder type guy, it would seem. Yeah, I wrote yet again, oh, good morning. (laughs) Which, like, why did you pick that guy if you know that too much of a dose can go wrong? This guy can kill you so easily. We're going to pick a man that is so jacked. Yeah. Um, and they're having this crazy fight. And I wrote, like, wouldn't this be such a killer dance scene? Like, I was seeing it. I was seeing it, yeah. like, it turn into choreography and stuff. It would have been such a cool... Because, like, the corpse is, like, jerking around and everything. Like, that would have been such cool, like, modern dance shit. Yeah. God. <laughs> so, uh, Meg and the Dean are are stomping their way through the hospital on their way to the morgue. Um and Dean Halsey stops right in front of the door to like the freezer, you know, and he's banging on it. And like, there is obviously chaos happening on the other side. Yeah. And the reanimated corpse just goes flying towards that door. And let me tell you, smash burger. <laughs> yeah. He busts right through that door, crushes Dean Halsey with it. And then he picks up the Dean, bites his fingers off, <gasps> and starts slamming him against the wall. And we get another, Dan, look out. Yeah, because Herbert grabs the bone saw. Yeah. Riley, what does he do with that bone saw? Herbert grabs the bone saw and he saws through the back of this corpse out to the chest. And there's so much blood. There are rivers of blood. It is fucking out of control. And so Dean Halsey's like out of it. Or no, he's dead. What am I saying? Yeah, he's dead. Dude, Halsey's so dead. And the reanimated corpse is run through with the bone saw. And they're taking stock for a second. I don't know what happened to Meg. Did she run? Yeah, Meg. So Dean Halsey came down himself. She didn't come down with him. She's in the waiting room. Meg has has been in. Because he's like, look after her. And they just give her a magazine and sit her down. You're so right. So they're, t- they're sitting there for a minute. And they're like, okay, holy shit. And Herbert's like. He, it's interesting. He's like, um, he was dead for too long. That's why it didn't work. We must have only revived his senses and his instincts. So yeah. there's no consciousness. It's just kind of like caveman. Because he's convinced for the briefest of seconds that the corpse listened to him. Because yes. before he saw it through him, he was like, hey, stop it or something. He yeah, said yeah, something yeah. and the corpse turned to look at him. And he was like, he heard me. He understood me. Yeah, he's yeah. listening to me. But they're taking a moment there. 
and you've heard of Don't Wake Daddy. Get ready for Wake the Dead Daddy. It's time to reanimate. They've got the freshest body they could find sitting feet away from them. So immediately they're like, okay, holy shit, we're doing this. Yeah. And as they begin to do it, upstairs uh, in the waiting room, the nurse who's watching Meg has to go take care of something. And so Meg's like, okay, bet. And immediately gets up and just starts marching towards the morgue. She like hands her magazine to the person sitting next to her. And they're like, okay, bye. Like, it's yeah. so cute. And they're like, anyone could be here at any moment. Like, we got to fucking step on it. Also, they have this, like, great moment where I, th- I think he must drop the reagent. And he picks it up and he's like, unbreakable plastic. One of man's only durable inventions. And it's yeah. like, thank you. Good detail. Um, and they get they get um, Dean Halsey onto the slab. And they're like, okay. We're, uh, they're like on the tape recorder again. And he's like, I'm decreasing the amount of, um, reagent like to like make up for the fact that he just recently died. Mm-hmm. Um, and they inject him and it doesn't quite work. And Herbert's like frustrated and he pounds his fist on the table and he's like, I'll show you. And he starts coming too. I think they give him more. Boy, howdy does he wake up and begins like choking both of them, like one hand on yeah, each throat. Yeah. It's also so interesting because as he's coming to, Herbert's like, doctor, you once did me a favor by accepting me to your medical school. Welcome back to life. He tries like relating to him to get his consciousness to kick in. But maybe he does remember who he is and he just fucking hates him because he starts strangling both of them. And this is the moment when Meg enters the room, just seeing there's blood everywhere and her father choking out her boyfriend and his roommate. Chaos. It's so crazy. And she's like, no, stop. But like, it's not really clear, like what's going on or why. Like she must think that her dad is just really pissed at them and trying to kill them. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so finally, uh, Dean Halsey like drops them and he runs and like cowers in the corner. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of like whimpering and making noises. And I was really sad. But uh, Dan is so like shocked and fucked up about it. He like collapses He's just, like, shaking on the ground in full shock. And, like, I'm sorry, but Herbert, like, climbs on top of him and, like, holds him and is, like, trying to get him to come to him and, like, wraps him up in a little blanket. Herbert, like, moves him into recovery position and puts a blanket over him and just, like, holds him. They cuddle a little bit. Let's spoon about that. It's nice. (laughs) It's just, it's so sweet. I'm sorry. He's like, everything's gonna be okay. It worked. And he's showing him the tape recorder. He's like, we got it. And I'm like, (laughs) he's not listening to you, my guy. Yeah, no, he's not even here. So he has reanimated. The doctors obviously don't know this. And so it just seems like he's lost all of his faculties and experienced some major mental health event. Nobody really knows what happened to him. Herbert's really selling it. He's like, all right, I got to make this work real fast. So like people come in because, oh, my God, what's happening in there? All this screaming and clanging and banging and trauma spooning. Um, And Herbert's like, he just came in here and he went crazy. And I think he even says, he's like, it's because Dan is dating his daughter. Right. Um, And he's like, and he grabbed that corpse and started like freaking out and mutilating it and beating the shit out of us. And it's like, well, that wraps everything up fucking perfectly. Yeah. They very easily pin the whole thing on him. Next thing we see is the Dean in a straitjacket in a padded cell, whole nine yards. And at this point, there's like, a, it's like a two-way mirror. And mm-hmm. uh, Meg is looking in at him, like kind of like begging him to talk to her. And who fucking strolls up but Carl Hill? And he's like, he can't hear you. It's a two-way mirror. <laughs> Boo. Get a job. Stay away from her. Literally. And he's like, you must trust me. Like, you have to let me operate on your dad. And she's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, why don't you just let me take yeah. care of him? Like, he'll listen to me. He asks her to authorize this exploratory neurosurgery. Yeah. And she straight up, she refuses because he's creeping on her again. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? No, like, I'll, I'll figure something else out. I'm not interested in your course of treatment, Dr. Hale. It's like absolutely crazy. And he's like, you must trust me. Um, and then he's like, well, if you're ever lonely, I want you to always know you can reach out to me because you're all alone now. Like, it's She's so predatory not, and horror. Exactly. She's literally not. She has a fiance. He starts backing her up against the wall a little bit. And she, like, bumps up against the two-way mirror. Oh, yeah. he's starting to encroach on her, like, into her personal space. And then dad slams up against it and, like, startles him away. 
because he fucking knows. Get a job. Stay away from her. Literally. Also, this is irrelevant, but I'm bringing up. I, um, in this moment, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, what's the line for this? Like, what's the hook in the chorus? And it's, I decided on it's the only way. Cause he's saying like the only way to help your dad is through this surgery. Yeah. And then in just a second, there's a reprise. Oh. <laughs> so Megan and Dan are back at home and Dan is trying to explain to her everything that happened, but she is just understandably beside herself. And Barbara Crampton is so fucking good in this scene. She, cause her boyfriend's trying to tell her that her dad died and he brought him back to life. And she's just, yeah. she's not processing. She's just crying. So upset, not listening or believing him fair enough. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, but Barbara Crampton is amazing in this scene and she's an incredible actress and also just like a really nice, cool, inspiring person. Love that. I just think she's wonderful and incredibly yeah. kind and I don't know how she does it. So the next thing we know, we're in, um, <laughs> we're in, uh, Herbert's laboratory. Correct. As it will soon be called. Uh, cause Carl Hill is up in there being disgusting. Yep. Um, and this is when it's the only way happens again. <laughs> my song there for my go. non-existent reanimator musical. Um, because he basically shows up and he's like, well, guess what? I fucking like, I know what you did. I know what this is. Like, I know that, that, uh, doctor or Dean Halsey isn't sick. I know that he's dead. Yeah. Like, tell me how you did that. Yeah. He did his little laser lobotomy. I, ju- I just can't get over him being like, oh, some laboratory you've got here. Like, huh? He says, I want your discovery. Like, yes. Gimme. Um, and he's like, and if you don't, I'm going to frame you for murder. Which is why it's the only way comes back. There we go. <laughs> so Herbert's like, sure, sure, sure. Um, why don't you take a look at this dead cat tissue under this microscope? That'll explain everything. And so while Dr. Hill is occupied... Herbert sneaks up behind him with a massive shovel. Oh my god, it's the so biggest shovel I've ever huge. seen. <laughs> yeah, and he just bludgeons him with the shovel. And as he's killing him, he goes like, "Laid to rest." And he beats him with the shovel in such a way he takes like the sharp side of the shovel mm-hmm. and starts slamming it into his neck and fully decapitates this man with a shovel. Yes, he does. And he like, plops the severed head in a tray. He picks it up and plops it. And it, it like he he stands it up and it like falls over. And he stands it up and he falls over again. This is perhaps my favorite moment of horror comedy in the whole movie because that's disgusting and terrifying. He just decapitated a man, but it keeps like sliding and falling over, and it's hilarious. And so he can't get it to stand up. So he gets um I don't know what they're called, but like it's the thing you stab receipts on at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, and he just smacks the head onto that and it's so gross and so fucking funny. And like, I feel like that has to have happened in rehearsal, like with the prop head. And they were like, oh, we're keeping that shit in. So he stands it up and I don't know why he does this, but he stands it up so he can reanimate the head and the body separately. And I'm like, why are you reanimating this? I guess he's so enamored with the science. He just has to make it work. Yeah. And it's like freshly dead. Why are you trying to reanimate this guy? He fucking hates you. Yeah, because he he's just so, I think, desperate because he says, because um, he says to uh, Dan, like, after the Dean dies, he's like, this is the best opportunity we're going to have without, like, having to go out murdering people. Right. And, like, yeah, he did just murder Dr. Hill, but he was right. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Hill deserves to die. I'll say it. So he reanimates him. And the head wakes up, the head is pissed, and while he's dealing with the head, the body wakes up as well and sneaks up behind Herbert and knocks him out. Fucking crazy. Um, oh, and that's when, because the head and the body separately go back and lobotomize um, Dean Halsey with a laser drill. I was wrong about the timing for that. That's okay. But he still figures it out. So while Dr. Hill's back in his office, we see that he has a Meg file. Oh, God, that's right. He just has a file with, like, pictures of her and hair of hers. Doesn't Dan find it? They do find it, but I think we see it first. We see it first. Okay. So I guess because he's suspicious of him because, I don't know. Basically, Dan goes into Hill's office and finds um, this creepy-ass file on Meg 
that is indeed full of pictures and a lock of her hair. Um, and just, he says later too, he like lists out what's in there and there's like used napkins and like, yeah, it's grody. It's bad. It's very, it's very, uh, you on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Very, it's very like box full of teeth. So Herbert comes to in his little lab and it has been fucking ransacked. (laughs) My serums. Yeah. (laughs) He's like my notes. And I guess Dan comes down and finds him and he's in distress because all of his all of his research is gone. His work, his notes, his serums, all gone. Everything. He's, he's there's like a little more serum that he left upstairs in the fridge. I think. Yeah. But that's all he has left now. Um, and he's explaining like, well, Hill came in here and he was threatening me and he tried to blackmail me and he wants you to disappear. Mm-hmm. And Dan is like, he's dead. <laughs> and Herbert goes, not anymore. Which and then smash cut to Hill's body carrying his head around and he's in his office and he gives himself more juice and then starts yeah. feeding his head blood or like soaking his head in more blood. Yeah, he he puts it down in like a tray. Okay. Um I'm one of the few people who can say that I saw Morbius in theaters. There we go. Um and I'm sure I mentioned last time that I did enjoy it. Like fuck Jared Leto, that guy runs a cult, he's a piece of shit. However, um, there's a lot of drinking out of blood bags. So I was like, I'm going to tell my kids this was Morbius, but yeah, he's like squeezing out an IV blood bag onto the head. It's, and he's drinking it and he's sucking it up through his little neck flaps. It's horrendous. So he brings his head over to talk to Dean Halsey through the window and basically let him out so that he will go wild and kill Dan and Herbert. And it's just two bros drooling major blood at each other. <laughs> yeah, for real. Dan rushes to see Megan, and she's fine. But she pretty promptly like asks him to like leave, get out, transfer schools. Like let's just let's just finish this. So they have a big heart to heart about everything that's going on, and kind of reaffirm their relationship and their love for each other. And they're about to go in for a kiss, and then Dean Halsey punches through the door and grabs Meg. It's Mr. Dad's Against Daughters Dating. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Um, but he grabs Megan. So I'm thinking, right, he doesn't want his daughter to be dating this guy. So um, the thing about that is that there's about to be a major, major, major trigger warning for assault. Um, it's really bad. It's pretty horrendous. It's, it's really not great. People make art of it, too, which I really don't appreciate. Which, like, it's tricky because... It's something that is, like, obviously supposed to be a joke because of what it is. Yeah. But also, because of what it is, it is so horrifying and upsetting. Yeah. We'll we'll get into it. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to get into too much detail about it, but we'll get into it in yeah, a minute. Yeah, no. Um, basically, we go back to the morgue now, um, and Dr. Hill is there, and, like, it is really funny because the head is just ordering the body around. Yeah. But... The body have no eyes. And so it's just like blundering around and crashing into shit. And it's so funny. It's pretty funny. Like, it's really funny. So Dean Halsey has delivered his daughter to Dr. Hill, which is what was requested of him. Mm-hmm. And they put her on the table and rip all of her clothes off. And the joke, I'm putting big air quotes, the joke yeah. is that it's a head giving head. And oh. the severed head begins to sexually assault Megan. I didn't fucking even get that. So it's like supposed to be a punchline, the, the head giving yeah, head. giving head. And like, like that, I like, okay. Like the idea of that is funny. A head giving head. Haha, very yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah. But the execution is quite upsetting to see. Yeah, because it's not like, the thing is if they want to do a head giving head, it could have been consensual. Hill could have had some girlfriend. It didn't have to be rape. Yeah. And like, and then like also the father being forced to participate in the assault of his daughter is really disturbing to me. It's just a lot. Because, like, the Dean, like, is the one that rips her clothes off. No, the body does that. Yeah. The body does that. I'm wrong. But still, the fact that he, like, delivers her to be assaulted is just really horrendous. And, like, it's also, like, we know Hill has this creepy, obsessive... Right. And it just, like, even though, like, we we know that, so, like, it tracks logically, but it also feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like, this movie doesn't feel like that kind of movie. I agree. Where an assault would be occurring, but it really occurs. And, like, Barbara Crampton is an amazing actor, and her fear is, like, incredibly tangible and palpable and disturbing and upsetting. Barbara is so great in this scene. It's unfortunate that the scene happened. Yeah. I don't really want to say much more about it than that. I don't want to get into graphic detail, because it's it's really graphic and upsetting. Yeah. I'm so frustrated about how it comes to a stop because Herbert basically like kicks the door in and is like, 
wow, like, can't believe you're trysting with the bubble-headed co-ed. And I'm like, do you really feel that way? Like, are you really saying that shit? Like, but regardless, Herbert breaks it up. Yeah, thank God. And this is where my notes say, oh my God, talking head. The yeah, talking yeah, yeah. heads. Because <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, some scientist with a talking head. And I was like, stop making sense. <laughs> and like, it like won me over. I mean, that yeah. the scene preceding it is so terrible. But they did that and I was like, ah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I don't know. So this is my weird, crazy workaround is that I'm convinced because Herbert and Dan are boyfriends that Herbert and Meg are just chill. So I'm like, he said all that mean stuff to distract Dr. Hill so she could get away. Well, he does. Cause he does. He needs to distract Dr. Hill because then Dan sneaks in, like covers up Meg while Herbert is fighting with the talking head. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's going to like sneak her out of there. But then Hill telepathically makes all the corpses in the morgue shoot up and attack Dan and Herbert. It's so horrendous. I didn't even, I just wrote, oh, hi, everyone. It is so alarming. And that's the thing is we saw at the very beginning of the movie that this morgue is packed. There are so many fucking bodies in here. And now all of them are reanimated. And like the practicals and the fucking special effects makeup on these bodies and these people are fucking incredible. They're so disgusting. Everyone's like all fucked up colors. That's why I'm like, a lot of the time, this movie is so much smarter than it has yes. any right to be or needs yeah. to be. But then some of the times it's a head giving head, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely so nuts. Um, but in the midst of all this chaos and everyone like getting the shit beat out of them, Hill uh, and his head are yelling about how um, his new lobotomy technique has allowed for the mastery of human will. Ha 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 ha. Teehee. So, of course, being one of the corpses under uh, Dr. Hill's control, Dean Halsey starts going after Meg um, and trying to kill her and Dan. And she's just, like, crying out to him. And she's like, Dad, it's me. Like, it's Megan. It's me. Like, look at me. You know me. And she breaks through to him. Yeah, she does. Um, And then some other corpses start attacking them. And, like, he goes and he throws the corpses off her and Dan. Yeah, he throws the corpse off of them. He throws Hill off of Herbert. He's just, like, a killing machine that's now on their side. It's amazing. So he, like, totals Hill's body. And you're like, oh, cool. Hill's dead. Except for not really, because out come his entrails to fully snake coil around all of Herbert's body. It's very evil dead. It's very last act of evil dead to me. Yes, yes. Like, these bodies just crumbling apart. Oh, God. And there's this amazing moment where Dan's like, oh, and he's, like, reaching for Herbert, and their hands are, like, almost touching, but they yeah. can't grab onto each other. There's just smoke and tentacles and bodies and guts everywhere. It's, it's chaos. It's crazy. And the zombies are tearing Halsey limb from limb. Yeah, he, like, sacrifices himself so yeah. that um, Dan and Meg can get out. And, like, I know there's probably no intentional gayness in this movie, but there's something so interesting to me of this, like, reaching for each other and not being able to make contact. Yeah. But then Dan escapes with Meg, and, like, as they're getting out, Herbert's like, my notes! And he, like, throws the book to him, and he's like, yep. I don't care about me anymore, just save my research, like... So they Come grab on. his notes, Dan and Meg. Dan and Meg grab Herbert's notes and they run. We see Herbert get pulled away by a tentacle. And Dan and Meg run into the elevator. The doors are closing and a zombie fucking jumps in the elevator with them. I was like, can we relax? Can Literally. we catch a fucking break? We cannot. We sure can't. Um, because the zombie starts choking out Meg. Yeah. Um, and, oh man, like... Dan is trying so hard to rip the arm off and like Meg's fighting it and they can't do anything. So he's like force the door open and like dance around the corpse and he runs down the hall, mm-hmm. smashes open the fire axe. Do you call it a fire axe? It's a fire axe. <laughs> um, and he grabs it and he comes back and he chops off um, the corpse arm. But I almost for a minute, like, I guess I was looking down and writing notes. I was like, is he chopping off her head? That's not going to help. <laughs> It would not help. You're right. Um, But no, he chops off the arm. But here's the thing is that Meg just fucking absolutely collapses. She's totally dead. It's so unfair. Right? So now he's running her into the hospital and there's absolute chaos in the hospital because like. Right. 
because all that shit just happened. And so somebody's like, oh my god, that's Meg. And they run her onto the table and they have to fucking do CPR. Yeah, and we know this man will not quit at CPR, but he's going and he's going and he has the defibrillator and he's doing that on her and it's just not working and she's fucking dead. And I was thinking, oh my God, like, is his inability to let anybody die going to be a good thing? Like, is he going to push through and save her? But then it seems like, no, like, that's not going to happen. And I was like, oh my God, like, is he going to learn to accept it? Um, no. No. Because, uh, <laughs> baby, we're reanimating. Yeah. Just, like, sobbing over his dead girlfriend. What is he to do but pull a vial out of the bag and juice her up? At which point, at which point we get a freeze frame and a fade to black. We hear Meg scream and the credits roll. Movie's over. Movie's over. What Holy the fuck? shit. Hey. Hey, Sorry movie. I screamed into the microphone, Riley. That must have hurt your ears. Tara, final thoughts on Reanimator? Like, I absolutely fucking love this movie. This is one of my favorites we've seen. It's like a classic schlocky B movie from the 80s, but it's like really fun and good. Yeah, it's like fucking fantastic. Like, it's a classic for a reason. It's not just one of those that, like, it's bad so everyone likes it. Like, it's just yeah. good and gross and cool and fun. It's like the acting is fucking absolutely fantastic. I, like yes. Every movie that Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs do together, I yes. am sold on. They're so good. Looking through his IMDb and like they do a lot of HP Lovecraft together with Stuart Gordon, it seems like, which is fucking so cool. That's um, their movie Castle Freak is another favorite. I love that movie. Like I know I, I made this movie be gay, but also I just liked that that was there. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's really fun. And I like it a lot. Uh, it's just a fucking great movie. Like, sorry. It's perfect. I love it. So, Tara, what do you think the Bravo TV Network chose as the 69th scariest movie moment of all time? And see, now I'm torn. Because I mm-hmm. didn't realize the assault was supposed to be a joke. Um, like, I didn't get the pun there. Right. And now I know every time we see a movie with an assault, I'm, like, waiting for it to be the time that Eli Roth is like, that was really scary. And, right. Like, this for me that was the scariest but i also feel like there's so many other moments that would be like i feel like the whole first corpse conundrum Mm -hmm. would be it and also like so much of the decapitated head and the blood drink i don't know i'm gonna say the assault i'm gonna fucking roll the dice and say it tara it's the head giving head let's go it's horrifying not to laugh about an assault scene but they kind of wanted us to it's complicated you know what we gotta laugh or we're gonna fucking cry yeah, so that's that's the scariest moment according to Bravo TV. I didn't prepare a different one, so I probably yeah, I'd probably say that it's, it's pretty fucking bone chilling. Yeah, it's so it's so like drawn out and horrible and creepy and stalkery. It's the worst. Yeah, I to be frank, like once I got the gist of what was happening, I like went on yeah. my phone. I was no. like, I don't need to see. I know what's happening. I don't need to look. I don't need to watch. No, you don't. So I didn't. It- it's really disturbing. I just sat there and watched the whole thing. I don't know why. Um, it's it's very upsetting. Let me tell you. It is. And so many folks had things to say about this. I bet. Uh, First of all, Peter Jackson had Ah! shit to say. He didn't really talk about the scene in particular, but he just talked about how he loves Reanimator. I mean, because he loves the gore and it's so creative. And he's so right for that. It is so creative and so fucking cool. Um, And then we got Dennis Paoli, who is one of the screenwriters of the movie. And I'm like, you got some splaining to do, Dennis. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he talks about an interesting idea, which is how horror is so close to humor and that's why there's so many horror comedies and how like sometimes when you see something really horrifying in a movie you laugh which I totally do as a way of like protecting yourself you laugh when you see something so horrible and how humor can be so violent like slapstick comedy and like we're two people who love jackass like that's violent and hilarious And he and he like he's a smart guy yeah. and it makes sense. And he ends his little segment by saying every film should show you something you've never seen before. And Fuck I'm like, yeah. well, you did. You <laughs> like, sure did. I don't have to like it, but you did show me something I've yeah. never seen before. So 
you know points for holy shit somebody had to think of that <laughs> right and then we also get a sighting from Stuart gordon who Yay. says something i don't know if i agree with but i think i understand what he's saying mm. he says that sex is about creating life which i'm like mm. no it's not yeah. <laughs> and death is about ending life and that's why those two things go hand in hand and i'm like i'm not so sure we should conflate sex and death yeah i do tangentially i understand the point he's making yeah but the way he said it i'm like Stu, what do you mean by that yeah (laughs) yeah it's a little no but that is interesting i mean yeah i don't like the wording of it but like life is like human life biologically is sexual reproduction even if like two people didn't have sex to have it happen like that's what that is yeah literally if he flipped the order if he was like creating life comes from sex because that is true yeah but to say like sex is about creating life i'm like no it's not yeah you ever had a blowjob stew that wasn't about creating life <laughs> got him sorry he's dead rest in peace yeah rest in peace you still got we him. love you Stuart. We're yeah make fun of you he'd laugh i think he'd laugh he would laugh um and lastly the coors light twins make an appearance ah. to say even if you're dead you can still be perverted you're fucking so true <laughs> i love them for that hey riley hi tara what movie are we watching next week Next week, we are watching The Black Cat from the year 1934, oh. directed by Edgar Ulmer. All righty. I've never seen this movie. Yeah. I will look up a plot synopsis to read it. But I want to point out that uh, we have two returning players to the fright of our life in this movie. <gasps> We have John Carradine, who is in The Howling. He was the old man at the cult camp that I had like a meltdown about and read his whole life story. Yes. Oh, my God. That's right. And we have a returning appearance from Bella Lugosi. Let's fucking go. I was hoping you were going to say that. And a first time appearance from Boris Karloff. <gasps> so no fucking way. Like this is going to be kind of out of control. That's incredible. Um, I will pull up a plot synopsis here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, (laughs) the plot synopsis is from IMDb. Also, this movie is an hour and five minutes long. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Come on. Uh, The plot synopsis from IMDb reads, American honeymooners in Hungary become trapped in the home of a Satan-worshipping priest when the bride is taken there for medical help following a road accident. Let's fucking absolutely go. I'm really litty about this. I'm so excited. John Pruitt who? It's Edgar Allan Poe. <gasps> oh, shit. Hey, this is going to rock. I'm so excited. Holy shit. This will be so fun. Oh, my God. So I'm excited about that, and you should be too. Listen, if you want to watch that movie, why don't you go do it? Go huh? do it. Um, you, you won't. You, you, you. You can do it on Google Play. You can do it on Apple TV. You can do it on Amazon Prime. You can do it on Voodoo. I dare you. It's an hour. Yeah. You got an hour. It's an hour. Um, while you're at it, you can follow us on social media at Fright Your Life on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me and Riley on Twitter at RileyCassidy1 and at Tara Elwood for some yokes and maybe a retweet. You never know what you're going to get. So go do all that stuff if you want to and join us next week as we try to give you the the fright fright of of your your life. life. Nailed it. Oh, shit. (laughs) 